What if someone you lost who had died returned? This episode of AfterBuzz TV is brought to you by the powerful and riveting new drama, Resurrection. You won't be able to stop watching or talking about it. Resurrection premiering on Sunday night, March 9th at 9, 8 central, only on ABC. You're not going to want to miss it. Caleb Richards died 2001. Jacob Langston died 1982. Rachel Braidwood died 2000. On Sunday, March 9th. I'm coming home. They coming will home. return. Betty! Jacob. Resurrection. How is this possible? The television series event premieres Sunday, March 9th on ABC. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Banshee After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Banshee After Show. Hey there, Fanshees. You know what time it is. It's AfterBuzz TV talking about Banshee Season 2, Episode 8, Evil for Evil. I am Matt Lieberman. Joining me on the panel, of course, we have the fantastic Mr. Monis Rose. What's going on? Uh, we should have Oriana Leo joining us on the phone any minute now. Um, she unfortunately couldn't make it to the studio today, but she'll be joining us to give her thoughts on this wonderful episode. A real knockout. Oh, oh mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. Yes. Uh, um, but before we get into it, I just want to talk a little bit about a show. You just heard Maria talking about it uh, a little earlier. It's a new show coming to ABC called Resurrection. Now, Manus, yeah. uh, I, I, can you imagine, if you would, you know, do you have a, a, any relatives who may have passed on? Yes, uh, I, I have I have a bubby. Your Absolutely. bubby? Yeah, my bubby. Okay, can you picture your bubby? I'm closing was... my eyes, yes. Okay, you're All picturing right. her. Now, imagine there's a knock on your door, you open it, and it's your bubby. She looks exactly the way that she did the day that she died. What would your reaction be? How, how would you feel? I, I would be amazed and in shock and in awe. And, and like crying, but happy, but not yes, in questioning. A million, yeah, a million things. I don't know what to do if this is a weird thing or a yeah. great thing or um right the- it would it would completely redefine your conception of reality you know what is life what uh, is death if she's still the same way she was when she passed what does that mean about about what we are you know what does that mean about heaven and hell who knows so on this new show resurrection on abc they're exploring just that in the small town of arcadia missouri eight-year-old jacob returns home to his parents after 32 years he died 32 years earlier and now he shows up he looks exactly the same his parents have grown old you know they've lived their whole lives knowing that their son is dead and now suddenly he's here they don't know how to handle it the same way you wouldn't know how to handle it if your bubby came Oh, yeah. this is a TV show. I want to be talking about this like right now. I want to like see it yeah. right now. Uh, well, you know what? It's coming out this week. It's coming out this weekend. This Sunday, 
March 9th at 9, 8 central on ABC. Now, uh, Omar Epps is in it. Kurtwood Smith. Oh, he's great. Is I, in it. I remember Omar. Yeah, yeah, I know Omar. Yeah, they have a great cast. And what I love about this, it's, it's an original premise that I've never heard before. You know, we get so many cop shows, doctor shows, lawyer shows, and even in sci-fi and fantasy, you know, it's all aliens or future technology. This is something, it's just a question that can't quite be explained. And it makes us ask ourselves, who are we? What are we? Where are we going? You know, you know, yes, this is like I feel it's a hybrid, but genre bending. It's not your typical network show. I no. think you know ABC commend them for pushing the boundaries on this. Now, who's who's the creators? Who's the so writers? The, this show is created by Michelle Fazekas and Tara Butters. Holy crap! Um, the Reaper. Um, yeah, they created Reaper. They were writers on Dollhouse. They spent some time over at Hawaii Five O. But uh, I loved Reaper. I trust anything that they do. Uh, they, they've got a high caliber of talent, and I personally, I'm so excited. I'm doing the after show for it. Yeah, so I can't wait to see it. I know you can't wait to see it. It's coming out this Sunday, March 9th at 9, 8 central. Be sure to tune in. It's it's a one-of-a-kind series, and I hope you enjoy it as much uh, as— I'm going to be checking it out yeah. immediately. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, this episode of Banshee— uh, this episode of Banshee is, is, oh man, Emmett. It was hard to take. It was it hard was... to take, but, you know, Emmett is one of those, Emmett is one of those characters who, you know, I feel like fans have felt that he's maybe a tad underserved. Um, in the past, he, he hasn't really had many opportunities to pop out in season two. We saw a little bit last week when, uh, he and Sheriff Hood and, and Brock Lotus were, you know, shaking down Sharp and his cronies. And we saw that pay off this week in brutal fashion. Yes. I thought, I thought it was done last episode. I didn't, this whole episode was a shocker to me. I mean, when Sharp and his crew did what they did to, you know, Emmett's woman, Mm-hmm. Man, and yeah, Emmett with this character, he, I feel, he was like a moral compass, you know, he has his, um, he, he's a religious man, you know, he has humble upbringing, but I mean, it pushed the boundaries of who he is, and he truly found out who he really was in this episode, and I don't think he liked it too much. No, he didn't like what was ultimately staring back at him. I think that he did, he, even he had no, real idea of what he was capable of. And it's honestly one of the major themes of Banshee, I think, is seeing the terrible things that good men can do in the sake for the sake of justice or vengeance, what we are pushed to do when we are our when our buttons are pressed and they can't be unpressed. When horrible things happen. Um, now, uh, Roya, our, our engineer, we're having some issues with Oriana's, uh, Oriana's trying to call in. Um, I don't know if you can grab my cell phone and just talk to her, um, and see if you can get that cleaned up. But in the meantime, um, let's just, let's just break this down point by point. So we see, uh, we see Emmett and, uh, his wife Meg at the diner, you know, they're happy, they're, you know, thinking about their child that's on its way. And, uh, you know, he leaves to go to go to work and who and one of the guys, one of the white supremacists sees the two of them together, summons his cronies and they punch her in the face. Blood, cold cock. I and mean, this is not just a little Pow! boom. Like it would have it would have knocked Sheriff Hood down. Maybe it was yes. like a big old punch. An un. Totally unfair. Mm-hmm. They call her a race traitor. And then the one who discovered her kicks her in the stomach. And the two of us, we just were electrified in horror. My feet were 
I jumped. I think I yeah. jumped. My feet were in the air. Yeah. It was actually, if it wasn't so horrific, I would have thought that was very comical, what happened to you. Uh, but it, it's just one of the, the gruesome, more, more gruesome images I feel like we've seen. We've seen a lot of them. She's on, on the ground. Why kick her? That, I mean, well, it, it, it goes into, you know, what Sharp says later on, you know, that he's not, he's not ignorant and he doesn't really care what people think. I, I, you have to take you have to take it two ways. Ignorance, yes, you know, if you're not if you don't if you can't accept that all people are are equal and that all of us have the right to live and to be happy and to prosper and that one race is not better than the other. I consider someone who doesn't realize that ignorant, but this is a guy whose hatred is greater than his logic. He understands that I I think on some level Sharp understands that, you know, his feelings are trumping what could be considered logical judgment, but he does not call them or feel that they are ignorant feelings. He thinks he's, you know, mainlining, not to take something for true detective, but like mainlining the secret truth of the universe, that this hatred is correct, that, you know, blacks and, and all other races are taking the world away from white people, and it causes him to do terrible things. First of all, we, you can go on and on and on, but yeah. immediately, even without what they did, I want vengeance on Nazis. Like, I'm thinking, let's let's kick some neo-Nazis' butt. Oh, absolutely. I want, I want justice to be served. I don't mean to interrupt, but I believe I have her on the phone. Oriana? Oh, Oriana? Oh, awkward. <laughs> oh, no, we got Oriana's voicemail. We'll keep trying. But um, what, what were you saying, Manas? No, I, I just want to say that I... Immediately, even from seeing these guys, because first of all, right. I, I don't justify them at all. I don't. I right. don't. They're just me. You're not they're in the bad. business of devil's advocate. I am not. Mm-hmm. I am not. I want. I mean, obviously, especially when they did that to you know Meg. I mean, but even before that, I just wanted their asses. Oh, to absolutely. Be kicked. You wanted them whooped. Yeah, and that's one of my favorite moments in an episode of Banshee is when we, as an audience, are faced with an. Uh, an irredeemable criminal, someone who uh, has hate in their heart, who has committed acts of violence that cannot be defended, and we're just sitting there waiting for the cowboy junts- justice to be dispensed. And that's exactly what happened. As soon as you know she she hit the ground, and then Emmett was in the hospital with her, and you see the wheels turning in his head, and in our minds we're just like, okay, good. We're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see something go off by the end of this episode. This will not go unavenged, and boy, it sure didn't. No, no. Do, do you want to talk about it now, or should we go? Into we're, other- we're we're gonna get into it in a second. All right. Um. So he uh he comes he comes uh he's he, he's there at the hospital, and he wants to just run off and take care of these guys immediately. And it takes, you know, a full court press from Brock and Siobhan just to keep him there with his wife, which is where he knows he should be. Yeah, because as of this point, Emmett's voice of reason, any kind of, you know, mercy or any kind of chemical in his body, just calm him down is done. Any, yeah. you know, any, you know, inner self is out the door. He lost, he lost his kid. You know, we're talking, they were talking just, just hours earlier about, you know, this will be the first yawners to play in the NFL. And, you know, his, his wife is like, you know, what if he wants to dance or play the piano or whatever? He's like, he'll be a Renaissance man. He'll do it all. And now the, that, all that potential is just gone. 
like I don't think I don't think un- until it's happened to you, I don't think anyone can possibly understand the pain, myself included, the pain of losing a child, um, and, and even like, in the uterus. And this, I felt this scene more because, you know, the makers of this episode, the creators of this episode, they could have done it very soap opera, very overly dramatic, but no, it, you know, they stayed with the style of the show, this blunt force trauma, and it really, in a way, it didn't tug at your heartstrings, but mm-hmm. your heart was just pounding and yeah. pounding and pounding. I mean, you know, cause... I feel like they wanted us to feel Emmett's anger. You know, it, it's it, we're on we're on this ride with him. He's somebody who, for the most part, he plays by the book. He plays by the rules. He's a good Christian. You know, do right by me. I'll do right by you. Uh, I'm a cop. This is my job. You know, as we learned this week about his past, you know, he he never wanted to be a cop. He just wanted to play football. He's not there to make any kind of point. He's not there to crusade for people. But in this moment, he realizes what his calling is. And we, we get this monologue about his father as he's laying out Kai Proctor's antique weapons collection. Uh, and at this point, he doesn't care. He just takes them out of mm-hmm. the evidence room, yep. not even knowing or even caring where they came from. Yep. Or- no plan for his future. No decision of like, okay, this is how I'm going to squeak it past the ADA so that I don't get prosecuted for this. This is pure blunt force trauma revenge. And he talks about his father who trusted the system. His whole life, he trusted the system. And time and time again, the system failed him. But he he didn't waver. His faith didn't waver. And this is the moment that Emmett Yawners' faith, which I think is his most defining quality to this point, is tested to the point that it absolutely shatters. And for a few moments, for a few minutes... He is just pure, unchained anger. And it's terrifying. But I'm rooting. I'm rooting for him. I want yeah. this to happen. I want to see this. Right. But that's what I love about this series is it's he's confronted it, as he's confronting how much he may have liked it and how he would never. He says later on that, you know, you could re- repeat these circumstances a hundred times and it would still go down the same way. I would still do it the same way. I wouldn't be able to stop myself. We're also, and we have Oriana on the line. Oriana, you there? Oriana? Hi. Hi. Hey. So um, we're talking about uh, how Emmett is feeling as he's dispensing this justice to uh, these Aryan bitches. And yeah. how we're confronted with how much we want this to happen, too. We don't care about, you know, the the miscarriage of justice as it is written in the law. We want these men taken apart. Do you agree with that? Did we lose Oriana? Says so she's still connected. Well, I don't know. Well, I just have to say, you know, I feel what Emmett needs right now and... He needs a, a philosophy professor. He needs a philosopher to come in instead of a pastor, a religious type, to tell him, you know, philosophy 101 is, I feel right now he's a utilitarian. More good will come to this world, will come to the city of Banshee with these three men, you know, almost nearly dead. And what he did, more good will come to that than otherwise still living even if that means that they'll be able to be released on their own recognizance because you know being assaulted by an officer i feel like that would invalidate the warrant you know uh sharp is 
beaten up to the point that he might not make it out of the hospital. But the other two are going to be back on the streets. I feel, do you think they're shocked? Do you think they'll come back with heavier, you know, muscle? Or do you think, hey, we've tested this guy. He knows how to test us back greatly. You know, it could go either way. Like, if this was real life and I was one of these guys, you know, um, if I was one of these guys and this happened to me, I would never want to see that man again. I would never want to be in the same vicinity. I would get out of town. I would leave. But this is Banshee. And Banshee, trouble attracts trouble, evil for evil, as the title says. Uh, and I feel like these guys could come back and dispense some vengeance on Emmett, who now no longer has a badge to protect him. I just want to – I feel the only really big decision that Emmett made in this his whole arc of this episode was he very carefully, though, studied Kai's weapons. I mean, I feel – I, I want to know his method of madness. What, like, why he chose <laughs> yes. the like metal ball on a stick? Yes. Like, not it's not even like a spiked mace, like the one that Brock had earlier. It's just like a utilitarian mace. There's no nothing fancy about it. No spikes. It's not old. It's like someone in the 1950s just made like a sci-fi mace. Almost. Almost like, yes. Uh, it's just a like weight a on a stick. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And then he did with Sharp, he used the brass knuckles, just the brass knuckles. But there were other... For a hot second, I thought he was going to give Sharp the brass knuckles to be like, here, and I'll even give you an advantage and then take him apart. But no, Brock, or, or sorry, Emmett isn't, isn't interested in, you know, like proving his manliness versus Sharp's manliness. He is interested in causing as much pain as possible. He gave them mercy by unleashing their cell, by unleashing the door on the mm-hmm. cell and saying, come on out, get free, get, you know, this yeah. is, this is your get out of jail free card. If you exactly. can do it, if oh, you well, can get through me, go ahead, mm-hmm. but you won't, you won't cause you screwed with the wrong guy. Um, I want to talk about, uh, his last sort of meeting with, with Brock and Sheriff Hood. He sits down realizing not just what he's done. But what he's capable of. This is an act that he cannot take back, first of all. And if he can do it once, who's to say that he can't do it again? It's in strict oppositions to, in strict opposition to the rules and bylaws that he's run his entire life by. And in an instant, he didn't care. That's terrifying. When you live your life by a code and you can just throw it away. And I know that he's under extreme stress, but to be able to do that, and realizing that you're capable of terrible things is really scary. And he's confessing all this to a man who knows who he is, who has yep. unleashed that animal, who doesn't really have a voice of conscience at all or tries to and it always fails. And so he's, you know, he's confiding. Instead of going to a pastor or a therapist, he goes to Sheriff Hood and yeah, Emmett doesn't know who he's talking to because Sheriff Hood... Yeah, he would have done the same thing. And that's... What I love about this scene is that, you know, Brock says, we're, we're going to get your story straight, we're going to figure it out. You know, he, he wants to try to protect Emmett. And the, not to say that the sheriff doesn't, but the sheriff not only understands what he did, why he did it, and this is the first moment that I think... Emmett understands what kind of man the sheriff is, and it scares him. 
Now, does it scare him that, or do you think Emmett, in a way, is saying to himself, oh, I am this person as well, and I don't like it? Yeah. I think that's what it is. It's realizing, and it's why he hands in his badge, you know, smeared with blood, and his name tag smeared with blood, is realizing that this town has corrupted him, and that if he spends more time with this man who obviously doesn't care if he breaks the rules or if he isn't Christian or if he, who doesn't, you know, place value on the law and is in charge. The more time that Emmett spends around him, the more he will lose himself. But Emmett did, at least for me, Emmett did a good thing. Yes, he broke the law yeah. from what he did, but he, initially I felt good. I wanted to see I know. what... But anyway, I mean, I feel also, though, Emmett found out who he really was this episode. He yeah. really felt, you know, I maybe he used the religion, you know, his religion as an excuse. Did he use, you know, not being able to play football as an excuse? But this episode, he found out who he was at all of the... I'm going to I'm gonna disagree with you on a point that you made oh, just a second ago. Um, I don't... I, I agree with you that... Justice was carried out by Emmett, but I would not say that he did a good thing. I think he he wishes that he had been able to resist doing it as as necessary as it was, not just because of his values, but because it is against his job. And because as much as, you know, he has, I think, some contempt for the system that failed his father, he's now a part of it. He's responsible for that. And he's responsible for the welfare even of these men who hurt his woman and killed his unborn child. And I think he's disappointed in himself. He, and that's honestly what I think a lot of Banshee is about. It's about dispensing justice but maybe not doing it the right way, not being a good man while doing it. Um, and we're going to talk about that a lot more. I want to talk really quickly though about iTunes. Don't skip. I, you knew it was coming and I don't want you to skip over it because it's important. Are you done trying to skip? Are you done trying to escape? Good. Because here's the thing, folks. We here at AfterBuzz TV, we put out about 70 hours of content a week. And it's all free. It's a crazy. It's good content, though. It's all good. Oh, yeah. It's all good, man, you know? <laughs> uh, and we, we do our very best to give you the best possible after-show programming that we possibly can. And we, we really put our all into it. You know, uh, Manas, Oriana, and I, we do this Banshee after-show because we love the show as much as you do. And we want to be able to give you the best possible programming that can entertain, inform, and potentially educate. Who knows? You know, so what can you do to help us if, you, if you've been listening all season long and you're feeling grateful for the help on your daily commute or helping you through work or what have you? The ratings is all about the stars. It's all about the numbers, baby. Oh, all about yeah. the stars. So go to iTunes, slap us with a rating, give us a review. It only takes a second and it legitimately means the world. It's the only way that our bosses know how you're feeling about what we do. It's the best way that we can show guests that this is a quality program and that they should be on it. We're hopefully going to have an announcement this week about a guest for next week and we'll be able to announce that on our Twitters and you'll be able to look for that. But seriously, go to iTunes. It really means a lot and it just it, it really lights up our day to know that we're connecting with you guys. So I'm going to give a few shout outs. Uh, Sam Fuller's Ghost, five stars. Love your Banshee you, after show. You. Greg Utanis says the season two finale is the Red Wedding. Who do you think dies? We're going to get into that in predictions. Uh, Blood and Banshee uh, from Cheese5150. That's a cool name. That's awesome. Five stars. Extremely 
extremely thrilled to find this podcast providing weekly recaps, analysis, and guesses as to what the hell's going on in Banshee. They really break it down, and it's great to find others that are as into the show and the crazy town it presents. Please keep it up. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Johnny B eighty two eighty three. Great show. Makes my hour and a half ride to work go by quickly. Look forward to listening almost as much as watching the show. Keep it up. We we appreciate all your support and also the support of uh, of the crew over at Banshee. You know, Greg Utanis listens to the show. Hi, Greg. Thank you for your thank support. Thank you. Thank you. You know, actors from the show they listen to the show. It really does mean a lot to know that uh, you know we're all on the same page and how much we love Banshee, dissecting it and dealing with you know the really deep thematic and you know character based intrigue we got going on here. It's a beautiful time in television. Absolutely. So. The other big story we got this week, and it's been building since last week, is uh, we have Sheriff Hood and his kind of personal war on Kai Proctor. Ever since Kai killed Jason Hood, uh, Lucas has been on the warpath, and he's trying to take the hurt right to Proctor. And, you know, we open uh, this story with uh, Burton letting Kai know. Not just that the the warehouse was destroyed and the product is gone. Which, that didn't hurt him. That did not sting at all, really. No. You know, it, Kai's a pragmatist. He knows that engaging in open warfare with the sheriff doesn't gain him in anything in the, short, in the long term. Versus what he's got going on with the Kanaho tribe, far bigger deal. Far bigger deal. Better to do everything that he can to insulate that project because that's what's going to build the next generation of the Proctor Empire, basically. It's what he's going to leave behind. It's his legacy. But Sheriff Hood couldn't just stop there. He couldn't stop with the club. Couldn't stop with the warehouse. He turns off the meatpacking factory, meatpacking factory's power. He has Job hack into the grid and all of the meat is spoiled. This is a 100% uh, 100% legal enterprise. It's the whole face of Kai's operation, and it's not doing any. He's not doing anything illegal. The sheriff has no right to mess with it, and he's basically just screwing with Kai instead of doing something that would actually get him in jail. And you know, Kai even makes a point. He goes down to the um, to the forge, and he's like, "What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? You know, are are you just screwing with me? Is this a pissing match? What?" Why does this kid mean so much to you? I don't understand. And we, we, they're almost coming to fisticuffs. Like you feel the tension building between these two men. Um, how, how did you feel about what's going on? What, what do you think is going through the sheriff's head? What do you think is going through Kai's head? Right now, sheriff's actually looking really petty right now. At, mm-hmm. at this moment, he's looking really petty like this is a high school drama. <laughs> I mean, no, he, he is because Kai is manning up. It's like he wants to confront it like men. I feel to a point – Kai is very civil. He he wants to be civil about yeah. all negotiations. Even if he is in the wrong, he just wants, you know, to be civil. Yeah. He's he, a gangster, but if he can handle it like a gentleman, he will. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, the sh- sheriff is just, he's being petty about it. I mean, right or wrong, he's pushing the buttons. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's really, I mean, yeah, he's just, like, this is torture. This is torture. It's like, what what let's deal with this like men right here you even have you even have sugar to help mediate if possible right and sugar's doing the best that he can you know he's telling kai you know not here this is not what you want to be doing kai backs off seething returns to his house and sugar makes the the point to lucas like you know he's kind of right what are you doing you know um 
Lucas wants to get inside of his house. He needs to find something to put Kai away. Uh, he feels that every moment that Kai is on the outside, that the world is imbalanced, that we, we need to put this guy away. He and Shaban go and visit our, um, our prostitute friend, uh, Juliet. I believe so, yes. Yes, Juliet. Um, and, you know, she, she doesn't want to give him anything. She reminds him, you know, you're putting my life in danger here. He doesn't care. No. One bit. And Shaban is way put off by it. You know, she, you, and if, if, if the sheriff was anybody else, he would see that this is a problem from a mile away. But he's just laser focused on getting Kai. Mm-hmm. So she mentions that, you know, there were some crates that were delivered to the basement. There's no way that she can get into the basement. And the sheriff doesn't have a warrant. So what does he do? He breaks into the house. We, which we don't see. Uh, we, I was like, whoa, where, where is the sheriff? He is in Kai's house. Yeah, he's in Kai's house. And I'm like, where's Burton? Where are the security cameras? Like, how is he getting away with all of this? And I assume, you know, Job could hack into the system, take out the cameras, but there's no mention of cameras. He just, he gets in, he goes down to the basement, and he finds this hidden room filled with assault rifles and grenades and ancient, you know, handheld weapons, just this huge arsenal and, you know, Kai's sort of private sanctuary um, where he he worships and he, you know, probably punishes himself to a degree. And a Um, bunch of documents. And a bunch of documents, including a whole big folder on the dealings at the Kanaho Moon. And he retreats only to be caught by... uh, to be caught by Rebecca, who, who is in some kind of honeymoon lingerie. Every single scene she is in, right? Which I'm just, I'm kind of like, I know that their their relationship isn't in a place where Kai would be like, you know, maybe tone it down. But if you're an uncle, why is she wearing that around your house? I mean, granted, if she's comfortable in that and that's what she wants to wear, wear whatever oh, she's you want. Comfortable, all wear right. whatever you want. You know, but it's just it's not a practical it's not practical nightwear. No, I mean, every single moment, it's it's like suddenly Banshee wants to turn into some kind of old Skinamax form with what she's wearing. I mean, it's very, it's very appealing. I'm I not going to lie. I feel like on some level, every store that sells clothes in Banshee, there are no, there's no functional underwear in like full women's sizes. It's only lingerie sold at functional underwear prices. And, and like honeymoon laundry. Like right. The, yes. Like that, like that negligee thing mm-hmm. is probably, you know, six ninety nine at Walmart, even though it's silk because this is Banshee and everybody, everybody wears lingerie <laughs> here. Everyone's beautiful and they all wear lingerie and everyone's banging and fighting and so on. Anyway, so they have this silent moment as he has the gun to her. She's not saying anything and he slips out. Notice she doesn't tell Kai that he was in the house. Right. Um, she could have implicated him after he's arrested. They come back in, and the sheriff, again, acting like a child, he's not even pretending to – he's not even pretending to find this th- this room organically. He's just showing Kai his power and just really just trying to piss him off. You know, he he goes to the ADA to get this warrant. He lies and says it's a confidential informant. She smells BS a mile away, but somehow he's still able to get it. And they arrest him with all these uh, all these assault weapons. Could put him away for years. And you know, finally Kai's off the streets, but he is furious. We've never seen to, Kai. Yeah, he has to angry. be held back. He yeah. has to be held back greatly. Yeah. Um, we've never seen Kai this angry 
And I can't wait to see how this spills out, especially once he gets out of jail. Because you know he will. Oh, you can just see that big cross tattoo even get bigger as right. he's pumping up his chest. You know, he before when this season started, he was calmly doing his kung fu. You mm-hmm. know, he very calm. Now, no, he is... He wants those pecs up immediately. Yeah. He's like he wants to live in that anger so that it can fuel his uh, his fight against the sheriff. I can't wait to see them face off. Um, so when he's with his lawyer and Rebecca and Burton in prison, uh, they're trying to figure out how this could have possibly happened. And Rebecca mentions that it could have been that Juliet is the only person who's been to the house uh that many times who's who is only tangentially connected to their whole organization and kai dispatches burton to deal with her we don't see what happens to her this week which makes me fear that she will be a dead body come the beginning of next episode yeah once burton's on the case Mm -hmm. that's usually the demise of someone oh absolutely yeah and i i I liked her i was i was i was feeling for yeah i was feeling for her i was had a soft spot for her but yeah, uh, but unfortunately, he, in Banshee, really? inno- innocence go they, by the wayside. They showed Rebecca at the strip club, showed her, I love you, mommy. You know, yeah. I got some, uh, I a know. stripper with a kid. I love you, you know. Heart of gold. Yeah. You know, she just wants to raise her kid. She doesn't want any trouble. And, the, you know, this gangster has her basically as a prisoner. You know, she has to sleep with him whenever he wants or, you know, she doesn't get any money. She's out on the street or worse, she could wind up dead, which is probably what's going to happen. Uh, okay, what else? What else do we have? We have uh, we have uh, Alex Long Shadow, um, or even before that. Let's talk about Gordon and uh, and Lucas and the ADA. They're trying to figure out how to work this uh, this this Kai arrest and how to beat the the warrant, which is probably going to be you know how Kai gets out of prison. What else can we do to make sure that he stays in prison? It's still inconclusive. Cause it, but everybody doesn't like Kai. I mean, everyone wants him in prison. Unless he's paying them. True. Yeah. So it's, it's, not, it's not everybody. But thankfully, this ADA seems like, you know, she won't be moved. She can't be bribed. She can't be bought. So hopefully we're going to have an exciting trial before the end of the season and that Kai isn't just, you know, released on his own recognizance again. Um, Alex Longshadow making a couple appearances this week. First, uh, talking to Kai, and Kai is being very, very stiff on the terms of how he wants this uh, casino to go. Alex isn't exactly pleased by that, but he knows that he has no moves to make. Hood goes to him with this file and basically puts it to him. and was like, if you help me keep this guy in jail, I won't touch what he's done to your casino. I'll let it go, and I feel like on some level you want this to happen. Still a little ambiguous. I don't know what's going to happen next week. How do you feel about about this scene? I didn't. I didn't too care for it. I feel he Long Shadow is sleazy. He's mm. just sleazy. I mean, I feel even to a point. I actually feel some at some points he's even sleazier than Kai is for all his misdealings. I mean, Kai at least knows what he is and who he is, and I kind of respect it. He's an entrepreneur. You know, this Long Shadow Alex. He's a flip flopper all of the time. Yeah. I mean, he'll disgrace his own family. He'll disgrace his own tribe. He'll disgrace everyone. He is pure sleazy. I honestly, I feel 
I mean, I know this is predictions, but I feel um, Kai is going to, or Burton is going to mess with him too at okay. some point. You're, you're probably yeah. right. This is Banshee. Anyone could die at any time. Which, that's what I love this show. You know, there's a no-holds bar that even main character, who knows even with the show. I mean, this is that show that mm-hmm. if, if a main actor, a main, excuse me, a main character gets killed off, that is the show we're watching. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. So on the other side of things, we have um, we have Anna slash Carrie and we have Job uh, who are pulling this job at the top of the episode. They were talking last week about going in as partners, leaving the other two out of it so that she can raise money for Max's uh, new operation, new medication. And they almost get caught in the process. They, you know, they turn around a corner, they throw up their guns and see it's Sheriff Hood, who's shocked that they're there. They'd made an agreement that they'd be all be doing these jobs together. Was he shocked or was he just jealous? No, I, I think he was more pissed off. Okay. Because if she gets arrested, that raises a lot of questions. It screws everyone over. It opens up the whole shooting with Rabbit last season all over again because it's the same players. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. then that starts be- begging questions about Sugar. He's staying at Sugar's. You know, these are questions that we don't need asked. And he wants to keep them out of jail. So, you know, at least alert me. Let me know when you're going to be doing this if you're, go- if you're going to do it at all so that I can protect you. Jesus, what if someone else had found you? It's a big deal that can't be ignored. Um, and you know, she is, is desperate to get this money for Max. She didn't want to involve, she didn't want to involve, uh, Lucas again or sugar. I think she wanted to keep it small simply because she doesn't want his judgment. She doesn't want him involved with her family. She's made that clear. Um, and the situation's complicated enough. She's able to get enough money that she can at least pass it on to Gordon, um, who lets her stay and be with yeah, the kids for a little while. This this is a, the small steps. Small yeah. steps. We've we've noticed their family being rebuilt very inching closer to normal. Yes. They're still far away. Yes. But, you know, at least the conversations are being had. You and know, Gordon's ap- apologizing to Deva. He's doing his best to improve and to show that he's sincere. We did not see him in the champagne room this episode. No, no champagne room nope. for him. Exactly. He's back he's back on the straight and narrow after what happened with Max. And, uh, you know, seeing this family unit repaired, it just gives me a little hope. And there isn't a ton of that to be had in Banshee most of the time. That's right. That's right. I wish, though, Joe would have at least been, you know, dressed up in his uh, – I mean, he, he was strictly masculine in this episode. It was just a shock. Well, I mean, when you're on a job, first of all, you right. can't be outlandish. But, you know, he's, he's just rela- he's just maxing, relaxing, looking all cool, shooting some people outside of school. That's not necessarily true. And eating That's, some food and just hanging out at Sugar's all this time. Being, yeah. Yeah. Well, doing research. True. Looking into Agent Racine's files and finding a connection to Rabbit, Racine didn't even think about he discovers his brother, the priest, and the church, and it, it appears at the end of the episode that he's running off to meet with him. We don't know for sure. I assume we're going to see next episode that payoff, and it's going to be exciting to see Julian Sands again. Looking forward to that. Um, and, you know, what else What else do we, we got have? the Shaban and the sheriff. I mean, yeah. Shaban's actually... This is this is now a relationship, or I feel she thinks this is a relationship. Let me in on your world. Now we're having some boyfriend girlfriend talk here, right? But well, it's not even necessarily that. It's like treat me with a level of respect. You leave every morning without without talking to me. You're uh, making me uh, you're making me in 
not an accomplice, an accessory to to your crime of falsifying this warrant, falsifying this confidential informant. You've looped me into it. You've put my career on the line. What is going on? I deserve answers. I deserve respect, which 100% go for it. She deserves both of those things. And Lucas, to his credit, I mean, we don't know for sure what he would have said because they're interrupted. He says, ask me anything you want, which to me says that at the very least, you know, it's not just a fling for him. He respects her enough that he's giving her the courtesy of answering her questions. I I would like to think that he would give her some degree of honesty, at least on everything that doesn't implicate him in a major crime. You know, maybe he won't tell her that he's not Lucas Hood, but I feel like he would have told her some stuff. Enough to, you know, like really pay pay her necessary respect and get her off the line of questioning. You know, this thing isn't going away. He's complicated her life a whole lot. Even Brock notices. He he intimates that, you know, he knows that they've been sleeping together. She's not happy with that. No. At all. Her life's getting complicated real quick. She deserves more than she's getting. Okay, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up, so I think it's time for predictions. And now, you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. All right, Manus. Now, we, we have this, this iTunes uh, review where they're talking about, you know, the season two finale is going to be Banshee's Red Wedding. Who's going to, who's going to go down? We've got all these, all these cards in the air. We have, uh, we have Chayton still on the loose. We have Kai pissed at the, at the sheriff. We have Rabbit still out there somewhere. Potentially these skinheads coming back to deal with Emmett. What's going to happen to Emmett? He's just given in his badge. What do you think's going on? First of all, th- this is not the last we've seen of Emmett. Emmett, I feel, has not been killed off. Yeah. You know, he just put his badge down. We, I mean, I feel he's almost going to be siding with the sheriff. I think he found out who he was. Also, Kai is on the loose. It's it's going to be that pettiness at high school drama. There's going to be a fight. But with bodies and assault yeah. rifles. Yeah, so it's going to be like five, five, fight in the parking lot at five. But yes, like you said, yeah. heightened greatly, um, you know, Banshee style. Yeah. Uh, if you could predict, predict anyone who's dead, episode 10, who are you calling? Anna Carey, I, I feel, Carrie, really? I feel, you know, I feel that. I feel Siobhan. I feel, I feel the women. I mean, and I also feel Brock. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brock, um, uh, a real outlier. I'm actually going to say uh, even Sugar. Sugar, um, he's going to have his final say. He's going to get some justice, and I don't know why. It's just I, I feel he's going to do that box some boxing moves on somebody, mm-hmm. and that might uh, hurt him in the I long run. I feel like Sugar's probably a good call. Sugar, uh, Sugar, or maybe Job. You know, dangerous men, dangerous lives. Uh, could be Mr. Burton. Uh, it also, it could be Gordon. I mean, that would be pretty tragic, but it would bring Anna back into, uh, into the fold pretty aggressively. Um, and I agree about Emmett. I don't think he's gone. Honestly, I think this is the beginning of his journey. You know, he's realizing things about himself that he didn't know before. It's going to push him to very interesting places. And I'm so glad that his character has something to do in a huge way. This episode really actually was all about Emmett in a yeah. way. He, he got top billing here. Which- yeah. I really liked. I enjoyed. So pleased to see that. Um, okay. Unfortunately, we do have to wrap up. Unfortunately, Oriana uh, wasn't able to to join us on the phone. Some kind of technical issues. We missed her greatly. Very much. Uh, you should let her know that you miss her, too. Yes. Uh, tweet at her, at Miss Oriana Leo. That's M-I-S-S 
O-R-I-A-N-A-L-E-O on Twitter. Uh, what about you, Monas? Where can the people find you? You can find me. Uh, I do another After Buzz TV podcast for Black Sales. That's on Sunday nights. Also, on at Rest Fiction, R-E-S-T Fiction. That stands for restaurantfiction.com. Okay, great. And uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, which I imagine that you do, you can find me at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can also find me here on AfterBuzz TV on a bunch of shows. Almost Human, which is wrapping up this week. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going through till May. Got Cougar Town, Justified, uh, Helix, and Lost Girl on Sci-Fi. Great shows. Uh, I also have Resurrection coming up this Sunday, starting this Sunday. Uh, also doing the new USA comedy Playing House later this this spring, Orphan Black on BBC America starting in April. Got Mad Men coming back. Lots of exciting stuff in the works. I want to thank everyone at home for watching, listening, downloading, streaming. You're all the best. Good night and good luck. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Banshees rule! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 